Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Canty and Carlin. It is ESPN Radio. It is Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, your smart speaker. However you found us, we're glad you did. It's not Canty or Carlin, though. It's Randy Scott and Amber Wilson in for the guys as ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The conversation today, you can get in on it, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Twitter handles, we're glad you asked. Amber Wilson is at Amber W Sports. Me, I'm at Randy Scott ESPN, and at ESPN Radio is the overall handle. Uh, we have we have preseason football to get to. At this point yesterday, Amber, it was how many different ways and how many different angles can we take a look at, break down, analyze, spin forward, you know, just overall discuss the Deshaun Watson 11-game suspension. There's been that discussion throughout the ESPN airwaves uh, over the last 24 to 36 hours. We're going to get to some of that today as well, but we do have actual preseason football to get to and it actually starts with what we saw last night and I think if you're making news how about this if you have a quarterback question Amber at this point of the preseason chances are your ceiling's kind of low for the upcoming regular season and I think we saw two of those teams last night in the Bears and the Seahawks out there in Seattle Yes, I would say the ceiling being low for both of these teams is an accurate description. Unfortunately for fans of either of these teams, I think that if you're a Seahawks fan, you're probably pretty focused maybe on who's going to be under center after next year's draft. Or maybe you're hoping Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut by the 49ers and that he makes an appearance within the division on your team. I don't think that you think Drew Locke or Geno Smith is going to be the long-term solution up there in Seattle. And Geno Smith had an opportunity last night to run away with this quarterback competition, right? With Drew Locke sidelined because he had tested positive for COVID-19. It felt like this was Geno Smith's moment to try to win the job, and he definitely didn't do that. I mean, he had some okay moments. He had some not-so-good moments. So I would say right now, still quite the quarterback competition in Seattle. And in Chicago, it's not a competition. We know it's going to be Justin Fields under center. The problem is... We don't know how good Justin Fields is, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to fully evaluate that this season. That's that's precisely it. I, I What we're going to know is Justin Fields is going to be relied upon for his versatile skill set. You know what I mean? Like His ability to move the pocket, you can see some of it last night. And listen, football guy, I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand and say that I understand that there are probably not a lot of cards being put on the table in the second week of the preseason in terms of the Bears putting on tape things that their opponents could use against them, and, and, and likewise for the Seahawks. But I think in order to get a, an evaluation of progressions from your quarterback, how he has progressed from year one to year two, he has to be upright. And they don't have the offensive line to do that necessarily under center or even out of the shotgun. So what we saw from Fields and what we saw from 
some of the design rollouts that Matt Eberflus's offense has installed is we're going to get this guy on the move. We're going to have him throw in rhythm. We're going to have him roll to his left, roll to his right. And we saw completions. I mean, there were the, the the stat that jumped out to me that was alarming from a season ago with regard, you know, to Justin Fields and and some of the offensive ineptitude that, quite frankly, if you're a Bears fan, you're like, why are we reliving this? Like, I, I th- this is not something that you know any Bears fan wants to uh, go through again. And when we had Courtney Cronin, our ESPN Bears reporter, on yesterday on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, I mean the the conversation you know in, included the fact that like the Bears are just happy to get points off of drives. You know what I mean? And he last so so far this preseason fields is nine of fourteen. He only played one drive last night. Mm-hmm. Let's let's keep that in mind. He's nine of fourteen. Two of those five five incompletions were drops. So if you want to call it eleven of fourteen, that would be a meteoric improvement off of his completion percentage a year ago, and specifically with regard to his quarterback rating, which was <laughs> so QBR was in the twenties. He was the worst qualified worst lowest rated quarterback among qualified quarterbacks. But the quarterback rating was t- last night 11 points higher than his average, which was in the 70s a year ago. So even off of one drive, even off of just getting a field goal off of that drive, Amber, there's that's enough reason for optimism. I had Bears fans in my timeline being like, we have drives ending in points here. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, they did. I mean, they ended that game in a lot of points overall, right? But you're right. Only Justin Fields was there for a portion of them. Just seven passes last night from Justin Fields. But he hit five of those worked out. So uh, that's really what you want to see if you're a Bears fan. You're just looking for improvement from Justin Fields this season. You're looking for more consistency from Justin Fields this season. You're looking for that accuracy. You're looking for him to not be making some of the boneheaded mistakes that he did make as a rookie. And in order for him to be able to do that, you do have to have a better line in front of him because they led the league with, what, 58 sacks, I believe, uh, last season. And Justin Fields spending that much time on his back obviously isn't going to be good for the development of any quarterback. But you saw what Iberflus was doing last night to try to put him in a better position. They also have a new blocking scheme for that O-line, but that O-line looked bad again last night. He didn't have much time to get things done. He was pressured just about every single time that he was trying to throw the ball. He was under duress on every passing play. But again, five of seven for 39 yards. It's something from Justin Fields, and really something is all you need. You just need to feel a little bit better about the trajectory of Justin Fields by the end of this season before you all of a sudden start moving on and talking NFL draft, which is inevitably where we'll go. I mean, this is the quarterback who was finished fourth last season among quarterbacks in rushing yards, but you really want to see the development in terms of passing. And it, last night, I mean, a drive, Randy, but a last drive. night, it, maybe some <laughs> development. There you go, Bears fans. Get excited. And here, my thing, too, is, you know, if you're if you're playing fantasy football or if you're just a Bears fan looking to be excited about X's and O's, you know, all 22 football, Cole Komet is going to be a problem this year. Cole Komet is going to be a statistical monster because Justin Fields looks his way. It seems like he's the first option in some of the designed, you know, plays that the Bears are calling so far in the preseason. And some of that could be a fact that, you know, or a byproduct of the fact that they don't have a ton of wide receiver talent. Um, You know, I mean, Darnell Mooney seems to be wide receiver one and Okay, I'm you know you're not sure how he stacks up among the rest of wide receiver ones across the National Football League or, or even in that in that division necessarily. But you've got an option in Cole Komet. You've got the the ground game with David Montgomery. And I want to get over to the Seahawks. And I I hmm. you said that Geno Smith could have taken a stranglehold on that job last night and didn't. And I wonder if you could make the argument then because I agree with you. Did was Drew Locke the biggest winner 
out of last night for the Seahawks. A guy who it sounds like, unfortunately, COVID's hit him fairly hard, and we hope he's feeling better and on the mend soon. But maybe the best thing he could have done for his candidacy in this quarterback battle is not playing and not putting anything on tape to diminish from the fact or to draw attention away from the fact that that Geno Smith struggled last night. Geno Smith struggled. I mean, he had some moments. Some of the things weren't his fault either. Uh, he had a drive that then they got penalized uh, for an illegal use of hands, and that put them out of field goal range. And the next drive, their kicker missed a field goal. And so you had some of that stuff going on with Geno Smith that was tempering the numbers and his opportunity there to drive the ball down the field. He did have a couple nice throws. You know, he did have some moments there where we picked up some big yardage. Randy, but he also had some deep passes that just looked really ugly and were far off the mark. He tripped over his own running back on a play action for a big loss at one point. So it was sort of Geno Smith being the inconsistent Geno Smith that, frankly, we have known for some time now. Now they brought in Drew Locke for a real competition there. But at this point, the reports out of training camp is that nobody's won that that job yet. And I would say last night, I I don't think Drew Locke won it. Like, Geno Smith wasn't that bad. You did have some of that good, those good moments that I mentioned, but he didn't take the opportunity that was given to him to totally outshine Drew Locke and say, hey, this is my team. I should be under center all season long. So if there are these quarterback questions for the Seahawks, why not? address this in free agency, address this in the open trade market. Robert Turbin, who's a former Seahawks running back, and he was a Super Bowl champion there uh, with the Seabirds, was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and he attempted to answer, hey, why didn't Seattle go after Jimmy Garoppolo? They don't have Jimmy G because of the 49ers. And the 49ers, no, they they they, they let Jimmy G go to the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to be trouble for the 49ers because Jimmy G is going to spill all the beans, mm-hmm. all the beans to Pete Carroll in that defense for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are comfortable with Geno, and regardless of what happens this season, you got some good quarterbacks coming in the draft next year. Maybe you trade up. You know, all of that remains to be seen. Um, but I think the Seahawks would rather let it play out with the guys that they have than going out and getting somebody, spending extra money that they don't need to. I, I, okay, I understand that, but I, I, I do think like divisional, you know, <laughs> divisional rivalries notwithstanding, you have that need. But maybe it is a full understanding that despite what you know, guys like, hey, we read that Lewis Riddick tweet yesterday, Amber. Lewis Riddick sees something special right now in the Seahawks that they really do have the one, the one position to lock down, and they'll be able to take that next step as as an organization. I defer to him on that because I don't see it, but he's been boots on the ground out there in the Pacific Northwest. He's I mean, I don't, I don't see it either. They, they had the quarterback last year, right? They had the quarterback for the last couple of seasons in Russell Wilson. They, did. they had a guy who had won them a Super Bowl in the past at the helm, and yet they weren't uh, winning any sort of uh, championships or even competing. So I don't really know why now they would be just a quarterback away. I mean, this feel it's a strange team, though, Randy, because it feels like they were starting over. But then it doesn't really feel like they're starting over when you consider Pete Carroll. You know, he's in his 70s now. Why would he want to go through a rebuild there in Seattle? They still have DK. So what does that mean? Of course, if you're bringing in a rookie quarterback after next year's draft, a deep draft, I mean, it's why we always keep mentioning it with quarterback. But some of these teams are going to position themselves to try to find the guy next year because there's a lot of people who think the guy 
is available next year in this next upcoming NFL draft. And if you're Seattle, you might have been thinking, hey, he's going to need weapons. That's the reason for us to keep DK for the long term. But it is kind of a strange situation in Seattle because you know it's not going to be Geno Smith. You know it's not going to be Drew Locke. And if it is Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not going to be via trade because the 49ers aren't going to do that. Or if they did within the division... Seattle would have to give up way too much oh, for yeah. a quarterback who is injury prone and it wouldn't even make sense. And then you consider his cap hit and everything else. I mean, it's possibly still ends up there because it's also possible the 49ers have to cut Jimmy G. Right. We could still see it. And I guess then we find out if they're a quarterback away. I just have a hard time believing they're a quarterback away. I don't know. They are. The, the, the running back room is stacked. I know that last night. Darwin Thompson hurdled a man. He hurdled a Bears uh, defender. And Darwin Thompson isn't even on the depth chart on ESPN.com right now. I mean, he's that far uh, buried because they have that much talent. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive. Com. Hall of Fame quarterback thinks the Ravens are holding back Lamar Jackson. We're going to react to that after this word from Amber from FanDuel. Start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back and match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 one or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Yeah, as long as we're talking about adding zeros to paychecks here, let's get to Lamar Jackson. I mean, the man needs and is in search of a new contract, or a contract extension, I guess we should say. Um, he's still playing on the rookie deal, and it's a rookie deal, you know, befitting of a late first-round draft pick there with the Baltimore Ravens. And he's put this deadline into place, Amber. He said, hey, I'm not going to negotiate this in the regular season. So look at September 11th, the start of the regular season, the Ravens at the Jets in New York as the deadline, because once we hit the regular season, he's not going to talk about it. All that having been said, there's a guy whose game back in his day was – the clo- you know, it was the closest thing we had to Lamar Jackson when Steve Young was playing because he had the mobile element to his game that you see now with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's a, a cheat code. He's a video game relative to the overall, overall flat-out speed that Steve Young had. But Steve Young is uniquely qualified as a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion to dissect Lamar's game. And he says Lamar could be the greatest player in the history of the game, but that there is something holding him back. Here's what Steve Young had to say. Why isn't he getting paid to be Patrick Mahomes? Because they haven't given him a chance to be Patrick Mahomes. So until they do, Lamar Jackson's damned because of what the Ravens are doing, not because of Lamar Jackson. I can't wait for someone to train Lamar Jackson in a sophisticated passing game. I think he'd be the greatest player in the history of the game. He's being held back 
by the Ravens. I want the full measure of who Lamar Jackson is. And the full measure is not being brought forward by the Ravens. And if that's not the case, then get out and find someone who will. Uh, You hear that from Steve Young, who is blessed to be in one of, if not the most stable dynasty in the history of the NFL. But you hear that assessment of the Ravens, Amber. What jumps to your mind? I'm a bit surprised by that assessment. I I think that, I mean, we're talking about Harbaugh only having suffered his second losing campaign in 14 seasons with this team, right? And so we're talking about the use of Lamar Jackson with this coaching staff, like they're underutilizing him. I mean, we are talking about a player who won an MVP back in 2019. It's not like he hasn't gotten to show us any any of his good stuff, Randy, over the years, because we've seen all of that from Lamar Jackson. Now, I know there's still questions for whatever reason that have plagued Lamar Jackson, stepping back to high school, frankly, about his arm. And some of that is what happens to dual threat quarterbacks generally. Uh, And some of that is because they do utilize his legs more than even a lot of dual threat quarterbacks get used. I mean, it's remarkable. He led, he, it was something like he had some crazy stat. Uh, He ranked 23rd in the NFL in rushing last season, despite the fact that he missed nearly six full games and he's a quarterback. Like that's how insane it is with Lamar Jackson. So I understand that he's utilized in a way that we aren't normally used to seeing except for I also feel like in that sense he's remarkable and that is what makes Lamar Jackson so special now in terms of his arm and the questions with the passing I I, it's frustrating because I kind of thought all that was going to go away back in 2019 when he won that MVP apparently it's never going to go away I don't know if him winning a Super Bowl even makes that narrative go away Randy but I guess in fairness right now to the naysayers even though I'm not one of those who's a naysayer of Lamar Jackson he did throw 13 interceptions in 12 games last season given an entirely decimated team Mm -hmm. in the Baltimore Ravens all last season long I mean that was probably the most injured or one of the most injured teams in the entire NFL last season but he did throw 13 interceptions in 12 games so that's why people can point to those stats and say well you know yeah sure he started off last season looking like an MVP but then he struggled there when it comes to his arms but I I find him to be a pretty remarkable player I'm just surprised at the criticism there uh, being as passionate as it was with how he's utilized I I think the Baltimore Ravens if you talk to people who are in the National Football League who are around the National Football League, Baltimore has a reputation as being a stable, forward-thinking franchise. They live for the now. They live for the future. They've been successful in both. They, they plan to be successful in the future, and they're a tough team to bet against. The quarterback position being what it is, the most important, you know, important and impactful position in professional team sports, like they have their answer there. I'm surprised that they haven't been able to work out the deal so far. But in terms of X's and O's on the field, you wonder if is Lamar being held back by the team or does the team understand what they have in their quarterback and they're doing their best to mask his limitations? Not because he's a mobile quarterback or for any of the draft criticism that he had, but you would say that about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not mobile. So you designed an offense that gets the ball quickly out of his hands because of Tom Brady's limitations. All quarterbacks have limitations. Patrick Mahomes has limitations. Aaron Rodgers has limitations. You design a system designed to mask those and maximize the talents and the skill set. So I, I'm, and I'm not advocating for the Ravens, or nor am I endorsing what Steve Young's. I'll defer to Steve Young clearly, but I'm not. I'm not saying either side is right. I'm just curious if it's this chicken or the egg situation with regard to the Ravens. Well, that's the that's the problem, I guess, is that we don't really know. I mean, like I said, you can kind of make the argument either way. 
is Greg Roman when he designs the offense because there is criticism about not letting him take the next step. There is that criticism, right, where the Ravens finished 17th in the league in yards per pass attempt last season, 20th in touchdown passes, the fifth worth in terms of interceptions last season. So there are questions when it comes to the Ravens passing game. Yeah. But how much of that is Lamar? How much of that is Lamar's ability? How much of that is Roman designing this offense? I I don't really know what to point at because – we don't fully guess get to see it. I mean, the p- departure of Hollywood Brown also doesn't help this conversation, even though he comes out and he says, no, you know, I, I enjoyed playing with Lamar Jackson. It wasn't that. No. But there is this idea, do receivers like playing with Lamar Jackson? Or is it that receivers don't like playing within that system because that system's not necessarily yeah. designed to utilize them the best way because right. they are too reliant on the run and on Lamar Jackson's ability with his legs. I, I don't know what to attribute it to. I do know that it has been very successful in the past and I think that the Ravens would have been a very good team last season even under that system had they just been healthy had they been healthy we're gonna ask Robert Griffin the third this question we were gonna ask him for his thoughts on what Steve Young had to say RG3 himself one of the more prolific I mean he put up some prolific seasons there uh for the then uh, we'll just say the Washington football franchise. And who should be the Steelers' starting quarterback this season? RG3 going to join us next on ESPN Radio. This is Canty and Carlin with Randy Scott and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, that's the appropriate music selection there to come into a quarterback discussion where we're breaking down quarterback battles. And who better to do that with Amber Wilson than somebody who won a few quarterback battles in his day? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Amber Wilson down there in uh, in Florida. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut, where it feels like Florida, Amber. It's like 92 degrees outside. 
We're about. Well, I'll tell you this. We're about. We're about six degrees and two laches away from it being ninety-eight degrees outside. I'll say that. <laughs> Oh, a joke that only people over the age of 35 understand. Well, and probably that might be overstating it, frankly. It might be like 38 yeah. and up. Guy who's too young to get a 90s boy band reference is joining us now on the same phone number that you can call in, <laughs> 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Robert Griffin III, our ESPN football analyst. And when I say football, I mean, you're going to see him on college football coverage. You're going to see him on NFL coverage. He was on Monday Night Countdown last night for that Bears and Seahawks game, and then he stayed up late and hung with uh, Scott Van Pelt uh, on the SVP show. So, RG3, man, we appreciate the time. I know you're busy. Um, When you were out there last night and you saw this quarterback situation on both the Seahawks sideline and the Bears sideline, man, take this however you want to take it, Robert. What did you see from either quarterback who really got some burn last night in Geno Smith for Seattle, who's trying to fend off Drew Locke, and then in Justin Fields, who the Bears just want to see improve this season? Yeah, well, guys, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you love what you've seen from Justin Fields the last two games, right? He went out in the first game, and he was decisive. He moved the ball down the field. He gave his receivers opportunities to make those 50-50 catches, or as I like to call them, the HBO catches, help a brother out. And he looked like he had a plan (laughs) every time he came to the line of scrimmage. He was checking things at the line of scrimmage, giving receivers signals because he could see the blitz was coming. I think Chicago Bears fans should be encouraged. Now, on the other side for the Seahawks, Man, it was not pretty. Geno Smith had an opportunity to go out there and truly stamp that he should be the starter for the Seattle Seahawks, and he did not do that. Their offense looked lethargic. They went three and out on the first two possessions. And honestly, COVID might have actually helped Drew Locke solidify his case for being the starting quarterback because of how bad they looked without him. So if I'm Seattle, I'm actually knocking on the door of my neighbor, the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm saying to them, what do you want? We, we, we need Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. That would give them an opportunity to go out and have a, the best chance to win. But right now, things aren't looking great for Seattle. And I hate to see such a great dynamic group of offensive skill players go to waste with D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, Kenneth Walker III, and Rashad Penny. I mean, they have countless weapons there that these quarterbacks just don't seem like they can get on the same page with. The problem is the 49ers, RG3, would probably close the door in their face and say, hey, we're not trading Jimmy G within the division, right? But if there was some way for Garoppolo to find his way to Seattle, say they cut him, he makes his way to Seattle, do you feel like the Seahawks are a team that are just a quarterback away if it's not Geno Smith or Drew Locke that they could actually do something here? No, I don't think they're a quarterback away, but they they have to decide whether they want to be a contender or they're rebuilding. With the offensive skill players that they have, they're definitely contenders, right? But the offensive line is struggling. On the defensive side of the ball, they've gotten rid of every single historic player that they've ever had, with the last one being Bobby Wagner. So I honestly don't think the 49ers would slam the door in their face at this point because if they release Jimmy G, there's a good chance he could wind up in Seattle. But if they, if they trade him to Seattle, their asking price is going to be a little bit higher because he would be within the division. Where else can Jimmy G go right, go right now other than to the Cleveland Browns? And if I'm him, I don't want to go there. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns, it might be too short notice for him to come in and start at this point in the year and give him a chance in those first 11 games without Deshaun Watson. 
We're talking with Robert Griffin III here on uh, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and, and Randy Scott in for the guys. You, I don't want to. We don't have. We don't have to play the Steve Young sound, right? Like we, we don't have to like go ahead and roll that out. But RG three, are you aware of what Steve Young had to say about the Ravens? It was as, as critical as I've heard Steve, and that's because Steve is just a better human being than than most of us. But Steve sort of calling the Ravens on the carpet and being like, hey, they're not using Lamar Jackson correctly. Like, the biggest impediment to Lamar's advancement in his career and his improvement as a quarterback is his own franchise. When you hear something like that from a guy yeah. like that, how's that grab you? Yeah, guys, I was there. I was on the show when he said it. <laughs> and uh, it, it, was, it was appalling to me when he said it because you can't look at the Baltimore Ravens and say holistically as a, as a franchise they, they are impeding Lamar Jackson's growth. I was there for three years in the locker room in that building. I know how much work they put into Lamar. I know how much work Lamar has put into it, whether it's new and emerging technology that they bring in to help fix some of his mechanics, whether it's special coaches for throwing coaches to help him see the field and work on all his mechanics even more. Lamar has put in the time. The Ravens have put in the time. Here's the problem, guys. The reason that Lamar is not developed as a passer is because they haven't allowed him to do it, but it's also because their personnel doesn't allow them to do that. In the last three years, the Ravens have only thrown the ball more than they've run it one time. That was last year, and they had a losing record. The previous two years, they ran the ball more than anybody in the NFL. I mean, overwhelmingly more than anyone in the NFL. So their personnel right now calls for them to use three tight end sets, have three or four running backs, and allow Lamar Jackson to be a high-percentage passer, which he was in 2019 when he was a unanimous MVP and led the league in touchdown passes with 36. So when I hear Steve say that, it's like, yeah, if Lamar had Patrick Mahomes' weapons or Justin Herbert's weapons, yes, he would be a more prolific passer. But he doesn't have that. So the coaches have to build their system around what they have. And Baltimore Ravens fans know this. Greg Roman is an unbelievable run game specialist. No wide receiver on the free market wants to come play in Greg Roman's offense because they're not going to get the ball as much. The Ravens are a run-first team. Mm. So the only way for the Ravens truly – to allow Lamar to shine the way that Steve is talking about and becoming the greatest quarterback this game has ever seen, which I believe he can do, they have to change the OC. Because if they don't change the OC, no one's going to want to go to Baltimore. Might have been what cost them Hollywood Brown as we go into this season. But switching gears on your way out here, RG3, you had now 24 hours to digest the Deshaun Watson news, as we all have, or almost that anyways. What are your overall thoughts about what happened with the settlement with Deshaun Watson's suspension? Yeah, guys, I'll start with the, the NFL business side of it, right? The NFL made a business decision. They wanted to get this over with. That was good for the league. It was good for Deshaun Watson. It was good for the Cleveland Browns. But it wasn't good for the women who were impacted by Deshaun Watson's behavior. And that's where I think the focus needs to be, right? Judge Sue L. Robinson ruled that Deshaun Watson had committed nonviolent sexual assault, had committed nonviolent sexual misconduct and that he endangered those women when he was in those massage therapy sessions. That is where the buck stops for me. As soon as she ruled that and that became fact, we got to stop talking about games. we got to stop talking about fines. There's no amount of games you can suspend him for or a fine that you can levy on him that would make those women feel better about the situation. So for me, I don't understand why we're trying to have this discourse about, well, the NFL did all they could do. No, they didn't. Roger Goodell could have stood up and said, I'm suspending him for a season, and I'm going to go for more. He had that right. He decided not to do that, and they compromised because they are the National Football League. 
They're not the National Trial League, and they dropped the book with an opportunity to show that they had learned from all their past mistakes with not supporting and standing up for women, and I'm just sickening by it. I'm just sickening for me as a father of, of three daughters, soon to be four. I would never want my daughters to be ex- exposed to that type of behavior from one of the biggest stars in one of the best leagues in the entire world. It's just sickening. Yeah, you, you, listen, get to at RG3. It's RG and then three I's, so R-G-I-I-I. You get at him on Twitter. He has 2 million followers. You can't miss him. But you get there, and you you have tweeted out, Robert, your segment today from First Take. It's about 45 seconds. It takes no time to listen to it. And it's going to stay with you uh, for the rest of the day, and you're getting some, 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 good, uh, some good run off of that and for good reason. So thanks for the time today. Thanks for the take, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon, all right? All right, guys. Thank you. God bless. All right, Robert Griffin the third there joining us as all guests do here. Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Did you just call Roman numerals eyes? I, I did. Like you did. I and did. I, d- I didn't want to. Do- I didn't want to call you out while oh, we you? had RG three on the phone. <laughs> but it's like, what do you think you're doing right now? So how would you say it though? Like his Twitter handle is RG Roman numeral three. That no way. No, none chance. I think so. I'm looking around at nothing but shaking heads right now. We are silently judging you in Bristol. Instead of I, I, I. That's what You didn't is. even say capital I. So I this didn't. could just be lowercase I's. Now doesn't people matter. are going to be very confused searching for RG3 on Twitter. They're going to find him, though, if you do lowercase I's. It doesn't matter, lowercase or uppercase. Canteen Carlin brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. A pair of 40-year-olds... Got it done for the Cardinals. It got us thinking about the best careers past 40. We're going to get into that. Amber Wilson, bully, Randy Scott, victim, <laughs> Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's in Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Amber Wilson, Randy Scott uh, in for the guys. Uh, so we, <laughs> we have seen fights at joint practices uh, this week. Actually, we've seen it for a couple of weeks now, and that's going to happen. You get tired of hitting your own teammates. You start hitting somebody else and taking exception to that. Brandon Ayuk, who is just a Ayuk, who's just a talent, just a freak talent wide receiver for the 49ers. Uh, he was outspoken about these joint practices that the Niners have been having with the Vikings. Amber, he goes, uh, 
<laughs> they were boring and a waste of time. He goes, it was good work. It was good work going against somebody different, different environment, but I didn't like it. This is He's talking to uh, Jennifer Lee Chan of the NBC Sports Bay Area group out there, and he goes, I feel like it was a waste of time personally. It was boring for sure. Does Brandon Ayuk have a point, Amber? Well, I think he has a point if you're Brandon Ayuk, right? Because he's making the team. So there's that. I think probably, generally speaking, training camp, joint practices, even preseason games are far more boring if you know you're making the 53, Randy, because... So much of this process is to get the guys who are on the fence there and might not make the roster their reps and also to try to break up some of the monotony, to try to have you go against somebody else, right? And so you're not just matched up and paired up with the same guys on the same team who you have been throughout the last couple months now we're stemming back to OTAs throughout the summer. And so I guess from that perspective, you would think that it would be less boring, but the problem is, and Ayuk said this, the problem is that, yeah, they, they run very basic stuff against each other at a joint practice. Cause they're not going to show you anything they got. Right. So yeah. it's going to be very basic football. And that seemed to be one of the things that he had a problem with. Also though, he had a problem with limited touches. He said, I was getting a little irritated irritated have only only touched the ball like three times in the past two days but that's besides the point I don't think that is besides the point I, I think that's exactly why you were so bored and again the whole reason you got so few touches is because you're making the team so ultimately kind of a good thing that you're so bored well, a good thing to be bored yeah but here's the thing about Trey Lance as a quarterback like it there's a little bit of a Lamar Jackson element to it where if you want to put up prolific stats if you want to catch 140 balls a season Playing with Trey Lance is not the way to do it. It's because he's young, but also because the offensive scheme is going to be designed to just spread the football around. George Kittle is the most consistent receiving threat in that offense. It's not even Debo Samuel. It's George Kittle, and they're going to use the ground game. They're going to use Trey Lance's mobility. So if I frustrated now, I mean, I got bad news for you. Like, let's check back in in November when he's sitting on about, you know, maybe 45 targets and 25 catches in one or two touchdowns. Like, he's been a guy who has had a ton of hype over the last couple of seasons because he is an athletic freak, but he's not necessarily in the right scheme. And that's not a preseason problem. That's an offense problem. More Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio on the way. 6 nothing here. Cardinals and the pitch to Pujols is hit deep down the left field line. Towards the wall. I shout out the Cardinals radio network there as Albert Pujols had a pinch hit grand slam for the Cardinals to back his fellow, I will say aging veteran there for the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright, who threw an absolute gem as the Cardinals are just rolling, uh, putting the Brewers in their rear view in the NL Central. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, Amber Wilson down there in Florida, Randy Scott uh, here in Bristol, Connecticut. It, it, got, it got us thinking here. Um, to be, you know, and, and Pools said, hey, we're, we're playing right now. I think the way that we're expecting ourselves to play earlier in the year. I don't think anybody expected Pools to be doing this, Amber. I mean, he's he hasn't had two healthy feet in at several presidential administrations. Like It's been a while uh, since Albert Pujols has been fully healthy, and yet he's out there mashing. I think St. Louis deserves a ton of credit for how they're using him. Uh, you have to be a little sporadic, I think, with somebody on the wrong side of, of 40 in professional sports. He's 42 years old as Pujols. And he's just been red hot. He's mashing. He's closing in on 700 career home runs. I think he's six away now from uh, Alex Rodriguez on the all-time home run list. 
But it got us thinking, Amber, uh, you know, uh, who were the best athletes of that vintage, of that experience, of that of mint, that vintage, of that mint level. I don't think you and I should be calling anybody vintage, right? I, these are these are young chaps. I mean, the Cardinals. You're not it's forty. Pretty, you're it's not remarkable. For, you're not forty. I'm about to be. Okay. Uh, don't you don't. You, you, you're disqualified from this conversation. <laughs> I'm very young. I'm 39. Right. Uh, Pujols. It's not just Pujols. It was also Adam Wainwright. I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. The Cardinals are the first team in big league history to have a player at least 40 hit a grand slam and another at least 40 to pitch seven shutout innings in the same game. So the Cardinals out, are out here making you and I feel young, and I'm here <laughs> for it. This is the 40s, the new 30. You know, that's what they say, Rand. <laughs> So Pools is 42, so I can look at it and be like, I've still got time. <laughs> like, that's what I do now at 40. I turned 40 this year, and I look back, and I'm like, well, I could still get a call from, like, a minor league team. Like, if Wait, they need you somebody... just turned 40? I turned 40 this year. Yeah, Oh, you do? Wait, when was I your did, birthday? I did, and I did oh, turn did. 40 in okay. May. Yeah. Oh, May. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're I, months into your 40s. Exactly. I'm old. Elderly. Yeah, I'm not... Vintage, uh, elder, elderly vintage is what I chose to say. <laughs> I'm not trying to. That's not the word that I use. I'm trying not to, uh, you know, put all of the... You know, password security questions out there. You know, it's like, oh, you turned for when was your birthday? Well, I'm and not just- going to actually. Yes, but I, I have a feeling I could probably Google Randy Scott and for- probably figure out your age. People. You're <laughs> very famous. Just for just for like, you know, interest. Like, what street did you grow up on? Like, if we were just to throw that, <laughs> if we were to throw that out there. Last for your social. So, all right. So, the, so the question that we came up with here was, uh, the best athletes over the age of forty. Not current, but all time. Like the ones who've been the most productive on the wrong side of forty. And there's a there's a fun list. Do you need me to prime you on this, Amber? Do you do you have some in mind that you want to throw out there? Well, I, I have seen a list that because our producer, Devin Kane, he also helped us out with throwing idea, out yeah. some of his nominations. Rick Flair was one of his nominations. That's not bad. Woo! What do you mean that's not bad? It's not bad. Like, he was out there. You could put him out there I for the wrong side I could do amazing things after 40 if somebody, you know, wrote my story he, to do it. Wow, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. You're one of those, huh? I don't huh? Amber. anybody else. Don't like, do that. I'll story. Everyone thought, calm down. I thought you were going to say Barry Bonds, and I was going to be like, yeah, but there were. <laughs> oh, I don't have a problem with Barry Bonds. a problem Bonds. with Barry Bonds. But, all right, I'm going to say Gordy Howe. The man had 113 NHL goals and 155 assists. So 268 total points after turning 40, and he fought well into his foot. Like, physically fought. He threw hands. Tom Brady's the one, right? Tom Brady's the one. Obviously, him still out here (sighs) doing it at at 45. He's won two Super Bowls since he turned 40. Tiger Woods also. Three PGA Tour wins, including the Masters. I don't know about it. We're not going to talk about Tom Brady. Amber Wilson, Brady Scott. More Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio.